Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. You can already hear Matthew la laughing because, <laughs> understandably so, we realized right before we kicked off this pod that, you know what, my camera's just broken. So, you know, for those of you who are listening to this podcast, no biggie. It's, you still hear the sound of my voice. No big deal. But if you're watching, yes, it's probably a little frustrating because you can't see my pretty face. And I wore all my son's gear and I'm back home and I'm excited and my camera took a shite on me, uh, just like the Suns took a shite all over the Los Angeles Lakers. So uh, I welcome Matthew to the pod who's been giggling over there. How you doing, Matthew? How you feeling after this Good. victory over the Los Angeles Lakers? Man, this one was fun. I mean, who doesn't want to fight someone tonight now? I feel like this might, <laughs> this might have just ended in the third quarter with a big brawl. Like It was the most fun I think I've watched in a while. The Suns defeating the Lakers in the way they did. I know the Lakers had a little bit of a comeback in them towards the end. Mm -hmm. But honestly, this game was over in the third after everyone was fighting each other. The Lakers couldn't get along with their fans. The Lakers couldn't get along with the players. It was just a miserable night for the Lakers, and it was awesome to watch. It was just amazing. Yeah, you know, I mean, we played this team twice in the preseason. We beat them both times. And although that felt nice, we knew that it didn't really matter unless you could stack up that W in the regular season. Yeah. So winning by 10 points, even though we know it was a lot uh, it wasn't nearly that close throughout the entire game is definitely a satisfying feeling for the Phoenix Suns, for the Phoenix Suns fan base, uh, hearing the chance of, you know, refs, you suck and hearing the frustration <laughs> from the, the crowd and Staples Center. I mean, those are the kind of things that we've longed for as Suns fans and we've been on the other side of. So knowing that we put their fans, that fan base and that team in that situation tonight. Uh, it's just a good feeling, Matthew. Just a damn good feeling. I feel good. I was ear to ear and a smile. And honestly, writing this game for Brightside is one of the easiest ones I've ever had to write. It was over in the third. I wrote it pretty much a blowout loss. I had that ready to go, and they didn't fail me. They held up their, their end of the bargain. The Suns did. And just to watch the Lakers melt down in L.A. like that, I know it was a good finish for them, kind of. But, dude, that is just – I love to see that, man. I love it. That's what it's all about. And the Jamsters are, are here in the chat. They're coming out happy. And, you know, the, the great statements, you know, I, uh, from Matthew Joyce Entertainment. I had the under on Lakers fighting with each other before five games into the season. <laughs> you are right, my friend. You are yes. right. So yes. plenty to talk about on this episode of the Suns Jam Session podcast. If you are watching along live, you get to look at Matthew all night because, again, my camera's mm -hmm. all jacked up. Uh, Anthony Davis got into a fight with it during halftime and now it's broken. So I'll have to get a new <laughs> one, uh, hopefully yes. before tomorrow night. That's show. what happened. Yeah. Goddamn AD just out there wrecking, wrecking shop. But if you are watching, please hit the thumbs up button while you're here. Please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, and you know, hit that little bell notification as well. That's going to let you know when we go live, which is after every Suns game. And you know the drill. If you are listening to this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you currently are. Uh, we appreciate that. And Matthew, you know, like you're not going to see me crack open a beer, oh, but I have. So sad. I, I know it, it really is. But you know what? I have a delicious Scottsdale blonde. I know you have a Coors Light. What? Nine to go, right? Nine to go. You Nine are Coors correct. Lights to go. Yeah, the countdown is on for me. I appreciate that. Fantastic. Well, let's go ahead and crack them if you got them, Suns fans. And talk about this ass whooping the Suns put on the Lakers tonight. It was a 110 to, or I'm sorry, 105 to 115 win for your Phoenix Suns. And as Matthew and I both mentioned, it really wasn't that close. The Lakers actually mm -hmm. outscored the Phoenix Suns by 17 points in the fourth quarter, 38 to 21. That just goes to show you, I mean, they were up by 30 points in this game. It was an absolutely beautiful thing to watch, especially, you know, I, I had to drive across the desert coming back from Palm Desert to Phoenix, got home just in time to watch the game, you know, but before we get to that, Matthew, I got to ask. 
I got to ask, Matthew, before we get into all the fun and positive things that did happen today, mm -hmm. should, should we talk Sarver? I mean, that's kind of the big news of the day. Uh, the, the Sarver situation, everything that was talked about, uh, I saw a little bit of it on Twitter right before I hopped in the truck and headed across the desert. Uh, what are your thoughts on Sarver? Because I know, based on Twitter interactions, that the Jamsters want to know what Matthew Lissy has to say. Yeah, they do. And honestly, I kind of forgot about it. Watching this game and just having such a great time for two and a half hours, I forgot about the mess that was spilled this morning all over Twitter. And then especially when we're on uh, talking with the bright side guys, you know, what is this true? Is this really going on? You know, and who knows if it's true, who knows if any of this is real. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's going to be a story that's going to break early next week. So until then, there's not really a whole lot of thoughts to it. But then my mind did start thinking at work today. I'm like, is this something where Devin Booker, I mean, Chris Paul did promise a bag for Aiden, right? Didn't mm -hmm. get it. So what does, what does Paul do? He goes after Sarver in a way he does a lot of racist owners. So maybe that is what's going on here. I just think that maybe Paul and Booker are somewhat, you know, sick of what is going on with Phoenix. They're like, we got something good going on here. Do not ruin it. Pay the big man. And I'm not saying they, they had emails. They have all this stuff because I don't even know what they have on Sarver. But if it's something that Chris Paul sees... You can't get away with anything with Chris Paul in the building, dude. So <laughs> if Chris Paul saw something, he's going to call you out on it. So there has to be something behind it. I think Chris Paul might have something to do with it. That just is in my mind. That's before me knowing any of the facts. Yeah, I mean, you're you're a typical person, man. You just you you start you start guessing things, you know. Yes. It's Chris Paul, you know. Like, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, and if Who you're knows? wondering what we're referring to, uh, Jordan Schultz at Schultz Report on Twitter tweeted out today breaking the NBA is preparing for a massive story accusing Suns owner Robert Sarver of racism, sexism, and sexual harassment in a series of incidents, sources say. With enough evidence to support such claims, there's a real chance the league would forcibly remove Sarver. The Phoenix Suns did tweet out shortly thereafter. They said, we understand that an outlet is considering publishing a proposed story that makes completely baseless claims against the Suns organization concerning a variety of topics. Documentary evidence in our possession and eyewitness accounts directly contradict the reporter's accusations. And we are preparing uh, our response to his questions. We urge everyone not to rush to judgment here, especially based on lies, innuendo, and a false narrative to attack our organization and its leadership. So when you hear those kind of comments being spewed on both sides, uh, you know, you kind of, I think the first place I start is consider the source. Uh, Jordan mm -hmm. Schultz says, you know, he's got the blue check mark on Twitter, but you know, so do I. So I don't know how much that really matters. Uh, but he's not somebody who necessarily is batting a thousand when it comes to pr breaking news and providing uh, quality information. You know, he's somebody who, uh, let's just say he's batting like 700. You know, that's why people are gravitate towards Woj and Shams because those are the guys who really have that good insider information. And like 100% of the time, they're correct. And that's where they kind of, uh, hang their hat on mm -hmm. you know so considering that source i'll just say this you know like if there's any segment of truth about these all allega uh, allegations like we are in for quite a roller coaster ride of a season you know but again in the eyes of social media we see plenty of people being guilty until proven innocent not the other way around and as so says jay one of our uh, cohorts in crime the host of fanning the flames podcast he can tell you that more than I could. You know, he's a lawyer. You're innocent until you're proven guilty. But again, that's the eyes of social media. People, you know, again, we don't know the details. We don't know the source. If there is truth, I truly empathize with any of the victims who, who were affected by this. If there is truth, Sarver should be gone. And, yeah, you know, it, when I, oh. I'm, I'm sure Suns fans won't be overly upset about that either. You know, what, what were you going to say? No, that's the thing. And like, if, if this were to happen, if it's go forward and everything is true, you know, that to distance him from the players and the rest of the team, the GM, Jim, James Jones, who did speak out too, I guess, right. About like how he didn't hear anything about this. Hasn't seen anything. It just, I feel like the team can separate themselves from this. If this were to go on, they're so focused on what they're doing. I feel like Sarver would be on his Island doing yes. what he wants are not doing what he wants. That sounded really bad. You know, the the whole island. He thing, was doing what lot, he wants. There's a lot of rich that's, people that's... with islands. So I'm sure there's an island in there somewhere, but he'll be on his island doing his own thing. And the, the Suns will get back to business. I mean, tonight you would have thought maybe there'd be a little bit of, you know, tonight's game, a little bit of a, 
disaster out there just because of what happened today but you can just tell their focus on their game they don't they don't care i mean if, yes if this stuff is true it'll take care of itself i mean we have we have a team that is like led by chris paul that can keep this team focused on the game and whatever happens to him just let that let that go on behind the scenes behind the door no agreed and alex says it in the chat he says if it's true then he should be held accountable even though i'm not the biggest fan of sarver i don't want someone to have their career ruined if it's not true and that's kind of i, I agree with alex yeah. right there you know again we're, we're in wait and see mode who knows you know this is obviously the breaking story uh you know and and again i think that often we see people are quick to condemn and i think for the most part again i didn't I wasn't on Twitter a bunch today because I was driving, but it seemed like that was kind of the sentiment across Sun's Twitter. It was just like, oh, damn, this could be big, but let's wait and see to see if this is actually true. So, yes, you know, again, this distraction coupled with the Aiden contract means, like I said, we're in for a hell of a roller coaster season. Uh, plenty of content for us uh, Sun's podcasters out here, but, um, plenty. you know, plenty of it. But you know what? Let's... Uh, Let's steer away from that narrative, Matthew. Let's let's get away from it. Let's. Okay. Let's get positive, baby. Ten point victory over the Lakers, and like you know, it's just a, a beautiful game. And it started. I'm, I'm, so here's here's my journey tonight, Matthew. I'm driving back from Palm Desert, and. Once I get across the Arizona border, I can officially legally gamble again on <laughs> on, on my phone, right? So I get a, huh? I get across. No, I'm yes. So I get 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 across the border. Yeah. I pull into the first rest area and I, I place down like two bets. Okay, I actually place down like three because we'll talk about the um we'll talk about the bet on it uh, segment here in a little bit. You sold your camera, huh? What's that? For more money. You sold your camera to, for more <laughs> yeah. money to gamble, huh? That's what's going on here. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm hawking cameras on the side so I can get, get some more <laughs> bucks. But I put, I put five bucks down on Jay Crowder to score the first basket of the game, plus 1500 So that was 80 bucks. Thank you, Jay, for hooking me up with 80 bucks. All right. And then, and, and then I, I did a teaser with the Suns, and I teased it down to 216.5 over plus the Suns victory. And, you know, that was, that was a nice little chunk of change, too. And I also bet on the Suns uh, and the the Nets to win tonight too and both of those cool. occurred so glad you're you know, so successful man well, well I just you know it was it was let's get positive it was a good positive night we it is we, we beat the Lakers and one thing that I wanted to start off with was again just the way that the Suns played tonight you know after mm. the Denver game I think a lot of people were we were frustrated but I think you know this wasn't years past in which Suns lost season's over okay pack it up let's start looking at the draft it was so says Jay one eight hundred next step, amen uh, in Arizona only. Um, but I think that we really had a good gut check after that game in Denver, and it was like okay, you know teams are going to bring it. We're we're the marked team this year. But then when you fly to L.A. and you play a team that is truly learn, I mean they turn their roster over so much. And again, you you don't think about that, but Denver is like the Suns. They're an established team that doesn't have the turnover that teams like the Lakers have you saw the infighting you saw that the Suns did the one thing and you know I like to say this phrase a lot Matthew the Suns imposed their will tonight and it crumbled the Lakers didn't it yeah and going back to last game what did we really talk about you know the whole team they played pretty great except for Devin Booker Devin Booker was the one guy that just kind of struggled and it wasn't anything he was doing wrong offensively he was getting to his spots doing what he had to do just the ball would not go in so when the game started to kind of pick up today or tonight I was thinking I'm like we need Booker we I mean the first quarter was kind of sloppy a little bit but then the second quarter Booker picked it up he started to get his shots to go and he started one for six in the first but then as soon as he started going then the rest of the offense kind of started going too. And I think the defense really picked up two in the second. But if if Booker is heating up and this team is playing that well like they did in the first in the first game, this is going to be the outcome a lot of times. You're just going to dismantle these teams to where they're fighting each other on the bench, to where their fans are fighting each other, to where they're actually down by almost 30. And LeBron James is, again, not walking back on offense for 40 seconds. There's a 40-second shot clock. And he's still back there just watching his team on the other end. Like, yeah, I planned this out. No, you didn't. You gave up. The Lakers actually almost did come back. You know, they almost did get back into the game. I mean, any team really can under five minutes. So it's like, hey, mm -hmm. maybe that one play, if you were back there and you drained a three or something coming back, you might have helped the Lakers. But, you know, that's the Lakers. That's LeBron's deal. 
what the Suns did tonight is basically, you know, second quarter, the later second quarter, they took advantage of the Lakers everywhere. Coming after halftime, they kept rolling, dude. They kept going. They, I mean, led by Chris Paul, they just they kept their their foot on the neck. And yeah. I just think that's just something, you know, last year we saw a lot of. And it's just like, it's so nice to have that because it's like, who cares who we're playing, really? If we're up big and we have a good if we have a good lead at half, we still got to come out and kick their ass. And that's what they did. They just never stopped, even the bench. Well, that was the key. I mean, 37 points, their high point total of the evening uh, was in the third quarter. So they came out and really applied the pressure. And, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about Booker because he did have a rough start to this game. He started mm-hmm. one of six from the field. And the first thing I was doing, I was talking to my wife. I'm like, you know, Matthew has this theory about Kendall Jenner and how he's just, you know, <laughs> He's so sad that he doesn't get to see her. And then they show her like court size. Like, oh, she's right there. So never mind. Yeah, I know. I felt um, so much better when I saw her. Is that weird? I felt good for Book. I'm like, oh, she's like, how cute. It's like, oh, he's trying to you show know? off in front of her. You know, yeah. but he he had that rough start. And I think that Monty made a good decision. Monty just sat him just a little bit extra in that second quarter, not yeah. bringing him back until about the six minute mark. And you had Landry Shaman out there running with the ones for quite some time. And then it was like, okay, Booker's going to come in the game. Chris Paul's going to come out of the game. And Cameron Payne's going to run with the ones. And that is the versatility that the Suns lineup has. They don't have to sit there and play a three-guard lineup like they did last season. They can play the four-guard lineup just like that. It's like, you know, if Chris isn't clicking, let's bring in campaign. If Booker's not clicking, let's bring in Landry Shamit. They can still run with the ones, and they can still be productive on both ends of the floor. And you saw the Suns take advantage of the Lakers, you know, to to the point that I always like to say, keep that offensive onslaught coming because you can see you saw what it did to the team that is very uh, schizophrenic right now. The Lakers don't know who they are, and this isn't going to be the story of the Lakers all season long. The Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on this team. And they now have Russell Westbrook. This is a good basketball team. It's just going to take them a while to figure it out. Think back to last year when the Phoenix Suns were 8-8 eight and eight, and they were trying to figure themselves out with all those new additions that they had to the team. And once they started to, to break through and understand how to be the most effective, they were a successful team. The Lakers will be a good team this year. They might not be a great team as many have uh, predicted. And it was great to see the Suns break them mentally tonight. Yeah, and one thing that was really nice, I mean, early in the second quarter, Chris Paul really got the Suns into foul into uh, the bonus. Really, like nine-minute mark, they're in the bonus yep. already. You know, when the offense isn't going and you have to rely on a, a McGee fast-break point, uh, fast-break <laughs> dunk to get you back in the game, and then you're trying to set up Jake Crowder underneath the basket, it's like, wow, a lot of stuff's not really working for the Suns offensively. So getting to the line was really, really big for the Suns, and that's one thing Chris Paul always does. He knows when things are not going right, he'll find the mismatches, he'll get the other team in foul trouble, and they'll get to the line, and they'll bring back the offense. And that's really what brought them back. And uh, the new additions by the Lakers, you know, getting used to it. I feel like LeBron should be used to, though, like every semester of the season where he has new teammates, new classmates. It's like the same thing where he has to get used to these guys. So he's used to it. And yeah, the Lakers will be back. They'll, next time we play them, it'll be a different story. It'll be more of a hard-fought game between both of them and be more epic than tonight. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, LeBron should be used to the, you know the new semester of new kids coming in. Uh, but he's still, I think, I think he's just, you know, at the latter part of his career, he's like, ah, shit, this again? You mean I got to yeah. walk all the way down the court after I, after I <laughs> fouled Cam best. Johnson? I have to walk all the way down? I love that, you dude. Know? But again, to, the, to your point on Chris Paul, and kudos to Chris Paul tonight. He scores his 20,000th point. He's yes. the only player in NBA history to have 20,000 points and 10,000 assists. He's one of the 75 greatest players to ever play the game per the new NBA 75 list that came out this week. And he's our point God six for 12 from the field, 23 points, 14 assists. And here's the key. This, this is exactly what your point is making, Matthew. He was 10 for 10 from the free throw line. He was getting under the Lakers skin in the typical Chris Paul pesky fashion. And I honestly think that's what kind of sparked that fight that will be all the rage and all the talk on all the talk shows next week between Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard. I think that Dwight Howard picked up that foul on, uh, or Chris Paul picked up the foul on Dwight Howard. And I think AD was just like, dude, what are you guarding that guy so far away and getting so physical for him? It's like, we're yeah. already getting, we're already in uh, uh, 
detrimental spot right now. And then you're giving him more of an opportunity. And, you know, Howard probably just rolled his eyes at it. Uh, but before you talk about that, Walter Lazo asked the question, who do you got in a fight between Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard, Matthew? Did you see Anthony Davis's eyes under Dude, those under that under that brow? brow? <laughs> that I've never seen those eyes on Davis before ever. I mean, it looked like he was on a roid rage. I was talking with nephew Hayden today. I'm like, he just looked like he was on roids and out of his stuff, and he just was looking for a fight, dude, because he he was a, he was a mess out there. I mean, not a mess where his game looked so bad, but it was just like he wanted to fight someone, even Da later in the game. So I'd definitely take Davis. Who would you take? This is true. This is true. Yeah, he was on a whole nother level of crazy tonight, if you will. I think that. You know, he was completely and utterly frustrated. You look at his final line, and he ended the night uh, six for 18 with 22 points and 14 boards. But I mean, he got a lot of those points in garbage time, man. There was one point he was like three of 12 from the field. He was not having a good night. And I think that, you know, normally I would pick Dwight Howard in a fight against AD because all you have to do is look at AD cross eye. And guess what? He's probably going to be on the floor. That's what he does. <laughs> But he had that crazy look in his eye tonight, man. It was really, I was just like, holy Toledo, this guy, uh, I wouldn't want to fuck with him. I'll tell you that right now. No, and uh, the thing with him and Dwight, Dwight was actually, I think it was in the first quarter where Rondo threw him an alley-oop and Dwight Howard, it was all his fault. He just messed it up, hit the front of the rim on it, was running back, and it looked like he was looking at Rondo being like, why did you throw it there? You should lead it more towards the basket or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like when that was happening, I'm like, what is he doing? It's so early in the game. You're like complaining to Rajon Rondo where he threw the ball. And I was like, this is not going to be good. This does not look good. And it led to even more. So I feel like that was kind of the start of it. I don't know if Davis saw him doing that or he's blaming his own teammate already for a bad pass. Or it might just be because no one likes Howard. And I don't know why he's on the Lakers and maybe he won't last there that long. But it's so weird that he's still I know he he can put in some good minutes. But it's just no one likes him, and I don't understand the chemistry between him and everybody, what teams he's on, and how they get along with each other in the locker room. I'm sure they don't talk to him, but I don't yeah, know, he, man. He has, he has a reputation anymore. He has a reputation of being the guy who has always just kind of did his own thing, even on those successful Orlando teams. You yeah. know, you'd ha- you'd have players who'd go out after the game and and you know go and have Sunday barbecues at uh, God, who's on that? Who's on that team? What was the point guard on that team? All those years oh. ago. Um, I don't know. I, I see his face. <sighs> anyway, Jamal something. God, that's yeah. gonna drive me crazy. Um, but but again, you know, he's somebody who just wouldn't attend to that. You know, he thought he mm-hmm. was kind of cooler, bigger, badder, better. I mean, again, I think Shaquille O'Neal really hurt his reputation around the league because he was a, a Superman and Shaq's like, listen, I'm Superman, like get yeah. get a stupid persona, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that was the but- dumbest mistake he ever made. You know, but I mean, it's it's stuff like that, that, you know, he just, he doesn't have the respect of people around him. And we talk about, you know, DeAndre Ayton talking about respect and things of that nature uh, coming into this, this, uh, you know, year essentially. And, you know, we talked about it the other day, respect has to always be earned. And he's somebody who talent wise, you respect the talent of Dwight Howard, uh, but you don't respect the man. And that was clear because, uh, you know, if I, if I had to square up Dwight Howard, I wouldn't do what AD did. AD initiated. He pushed him. He's like, dude, sit the fuck down, old man. Yeah, I know. It's I don't. The thing is, with that roster, there's so many different personalities on there, right? They're kind of individualized, and it kind of showed on the court. A lot of it, what they were trying to do on offense, it was just passing the ball around the perimeter, passing up good shots sometimes, and then just like selling for a bad shot. So it's not a lot to look forward to for the Lakers. I know towards the end, they kind of played good, but that was just nasty, but it's a long season. So we'll see. Shout out to all the Jamsters. They, I love how you guys are always right there for us. Jameer Nelson. That's yeah, who Jameer Nelson. Yep. That's who I was trying to think of was Jameer Nelson. Uh, that team. And I think Marcin Gortat was on that team. Ray for Alston. Uh, hammer, huh? Yep. Hey, Duke Turkaloo, I think was on that team too. And I think, uh, I think JJ, JJ Reddick was drafted by Orlando. So back then those guys were all probably all hanging out. And then you have Dwight Howard just, you know, not being the guy. And that's kind of the yep. reputation for his career. So typical Capricorn. Yeah. You, <laughs> is he a Capricorn he too? He is. My, yeah. My God, we need to make like so a, a drop for the, for the Capricorns. So here, here's should, a drop. Yeah. Here, here's another drop. The warden. Dude, the warden, Mikhail Bridges, uh, 
I, I don't know what else to say about this guy. You know, he has 21 points tonight on eight of 11 shooting eight of 11 after he led the Suns in scoring the last game with, I believe, 16 points. I mean, you do the averages, he's averaging 18.5 points a game through two games uh, and he's having fun doing it, Matthew. That's the key. I mean, you look at him and he's enjoying it. Like he had that one steal that led to a fast break, much akin to what he did again in the Denver game. And they kind of show him afterwards and you can see he's just smiling, having a good time. And yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like there's moments where he's not only like my favorite son on this roster, like he's contending for my favorite son of all time. And I'm afraid to fall in love like that again. <laughs> it is but, hard. But like we just signed him to that four year, $90 million deal. And I know I can love again because he's very Marion-esque. And you know me, I'm a huge Sean Marion fan, you know, but it, right now he's making that deal to the Phoenix Suns. And I know that this, this is early. And I know that this is only two games into the season. I know this is an overreaction. Through two games, he's he's making it look like the deal that the Phoenix Suns made with him is a steal, my friend. A steal. It is. And honestly, I still feel bad that he didn't get paid a little bit more just because I know how hard he works and how much, even the season, the first two games, he looks more competent. He looks like he's out there. He's been there before, right? The playoffs last year. The way he played against LeBron, even though LeBron's maybe not in shape yet, but who cares? I'm not even going to give them excuses. The way he held up against LeBron yes. and even having the team defense come help him at certain times and just jumping up, grabbing steals, doing whatever he didn't needed to do on offense to cut to the basket. How many times did the defense lose him on the offensive end to where he was just wide open for a lay-in? Oh, like, yeah. He, he got LeBron constantly. napping. Like, LeBron's standing Always. there kind of looking out of the corner of his eyes. And next thing you know, uh, there's Mikhail and he's laying it in. I mean, the yeah. the... It's like Walter says. He's like Mikhail looks so happy balling out there. He does. He, he does. Does man. Oh, it's so it's comfortable. Just, it's, it's it's so great to see. You know, again, he's hitting you from all different points of the court too. Of those eleven shots, only four were from deep. You know, and that's what we yeah. talked about. The evolution of Mikhail is stop being the corner three guy. Start cutting. Start generating your own offense. Slash a little bit more. Stay active. And he did this on a night, as you mentioned, Matthew, where he's bodying up AD, where he's bodying up. LeBron James. No, you talk about being a degenerate gambler. One of the <laughs> one of the uh, prop bets that I was looking at before the game was I think Mikhail was like over under 14 and a half points. And I was like, I almost did it. I'm like, you know what? He's going to be bodying up LeBron and AD. He's going to be tired. And that's been the narrative that he's had his entire career, which is okay. Like he's our defensive specialist. To see him score 21 points against the Lakers on the road tonight, I mean, the warden, we, he, we're going to have to come up with a new nickname because he's not just locking down people. He's now, you know, throwing it down on the other end. You know, maybe yeah. baby Scotty Pippen, as our buddy Flex from Jersey yep. calls him, is a damn good nickname because that is what he's looking like on both ends of the floor. No, and he Flex called that out a while ago, too. And honestly, he, Mikhail, I mean, he's the same player, but better. But he looks like a new man, like new skin. Like he looks like he just he's in a different body or something. And. I'm not taking anything away from last year, but just the way he's looked, he just looks more mature over it's like three months man. span. It is, it's, it is a confidence and I'm loving it. Cause honestly, we were talking about who's going to jump the most out of all these guys. And I mean, we, we picked who, I don't even know if we chose, but Mikhail, I didn't know how far he can go, but already in two games, he's very, very impressive. Yeah. Again, you know, that 21 points is something that I absolutely, uh, uh, tip my cap to him. You can't see me do it because my camera's jacked up, but I am tipping I my cap to him tonight. Tip the Darth, tip, <laughs> tip the Darth Voida icon, if you will. So a uh, couple other guys I want to talk about um, in the chat. One of our loyal jamsters, uh, Coda Kid says, we need a JaVale McGee segment. Yes, yes we do. We do. We definitely need a drop yes. from JaVale, uh, JaVale McGee because, you know, again, on a night that was full of physicality, and intimidation the Suns, they were imposing their will and part of that was javel mcgee when those fights you know when, when anthony davis was down low and just starting to really get pissy and carmelo anthony was really starting to just get pissy you know you have mellow mm -hmm. coming in off the bench you know he only ends up playing a total of 25 minutes which i guess a lot for a bench player has his 16 points four for six from deep typical carmelo stuff like listen i'm just gonna hit some three pointers and and then you know try to stir some shit up but JaVale <laughs> was on the court when that happened, and I'm glad he's on our side because he was not 
he he was standing up for his team. He was yes. getting in the face of the opposition. You know, as much as we love Dario Saric, imagine Dario doing that just once. Just once. Like Carmelo Anthony yeah. down low, trying to get a rebound, doesn't get the rebound, thinks he's fouled, starts talking shit. You can hear it all over the ESPN broadcast. And JaVale McGee, McGee's pretty much telling him to shut the fuck up. Imagine Dario trying to do that. Like, the look on Carmelo Anthony's face would be a meme instantly. You know, it's it's great because we do need a new segment without Dario and McGee. I mean, he's a he's a big guy. It's kind of goofy, right, on the court, just a little bit. But yep, I love absolutely. his game. I love everything he brings. I mean, it's kind of goofy, right? And what he was doing with Dwight Howard too, to where he was just in his face pretty much every time they're against each other, like they're fighting against each other. I'm like, and I was thinking, just like you, I'm like, I'm so glad I have uh, we have McGee on our side, and it's not the other way around. You know, you want mm-hmm. that guy doing things in the second quarter when he's trying to go one-on-one um, with his with his post moves or just head down to the basket. I mean, he <laughs> he was 0-2 basically. He got to the free throw line uh, yeah. drawing a foul, but then he missed both free throws. So it was kind of like, you know, things like that. are It's so Dario-esque. It's something that we need to get on the show. So I'm sure by maybe next week we'll have something. I know the next game's tomorrow night, but we, yeah. we'll probably put something together for sure. Well, let's see. You know, Jamsters, if you have a good, you know, the Sarge smoke yes. break kind of happened over time organically because we said, you know, he kind of looked like a guy who would hang outside of Circle K, grab refries and smoke them. You know, you, you say that JaVale's, you know, a little goofy, if you will. Um, I'm definitely don't want to go full goofy on it. Nah, like, just a little goofy. You know, yeah. but he's just a little goofy. But like, you know, if the Jamsters have a name of a segment for JaVale, we will gladly come up with something uh, under your guidance because I really am impressed with who he is. Again, you know, he had nine points and four rebounds on four of mm-hmm. five shooting, one for four from the line, you know, but I mean, he just, what he does, the added layer of physicality, aggressiveness, and just the ability to not back down coming from your secondary uh, center is just it's it's huge. It's something that we definitely missed last season. Dario wasn't doing it. Frank wasn't doing it, you know. So, I mean, just having that again, it adds, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, just a consistent ability to put pressure on the opposition, whether it be through Landry Sham and Cameron Payne and Cameron Johnson and the second team from a scoring standpoint or from a physicality standpoint, like the Suns are doing at this point. You know, and I think that was probably the only thing that I wasn't a fan of in this game was the let up in the fourth quarter. And I get it. Uh, I yeah, definitely it get it. You know, it happens when you're up that mm-hmm. much. But at the same time, like it just feels so much better to have the highlights on you know, Monday morning when they're doing well, they don't do the jump anymore. So, uh, you know, when you have what undisputed with like Skip and Shannon and they're showing the the pushing of uh, mm-hmm. Dwight Howard by Anthony Davis, if the Suns score on the bottom, you know, it's like, you know, Anthony Davis and, and Dwight Howard getting into it. What's wrong in L.A.? And it shows the box score at the bottom and we win by 30. It would just been a, mm-hmm. a fantastic ending. <laughs> but again, you know, winning by 10 is still OK. These are definitely, uh, you know, not poor man problems. No, but then Monday morning, if I'm watching the Lakers and how they're struggling, I'm going to be popping my uh, morning popcorn, sitting down watching that because I would definitely enjoy that. I don't care if they don't talk about the Suns because I love flying under the radar. So as long as they talk about the Lakers and how disturbing they are, basically, or disruptive they are with each other, I'm, I'm all for that. So. The longer that they're not getting along, the better for the Suns and the better for the NBA because screw yeah. the Lakers. Uh, Corey Flynn dropped four ninety nine in the Super Chat. Thank you. That money goes towards Matthew's new Cameron Johnson jersey. We'll get him by the end of the season. Uh, he says, JaVale McGrill. His segment should reference that grill. Dude looks like Josh from the old Bond movie. All right. And Goldeneye. That was a great uh, uh, video game. And then I saw yeah. one other one that I really liked. Um, you know, you have Javali. That's a, that's a good Javali. one. You know, the Big Valley segment for JaVale. I, I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. You know, JaVale McKee, because he's the he's he's the key to that second team. I don't know. These are good ones. The JaVale tail. I like I love the Jamsters. Yeah, you we'll guys always come down. through. Yeah, we'll have to screenshot this and uh, try to figure out, you know, M- McGee cock talk. McGee talk. Well, I mean, we always do talk about, you know, the cops yeah, and stuff. So, I mean, it's always you know, book. for the players, they always have their own nicknames for their 
for their stuff. So the macaque, that's good. <laughs> the Mickey Cocker, the macaque. Oh man, that's what happens when you don't have a camera on you, man. Peyton watch. So Aiden watch tonight. I'm I'm interested to hear your point of view of, on this because Matthew, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you wrote the recap for this game for brightsideofthesun.com, which is always a challenge especially when the Suns are whooping ass. Because when they're whooping ass, you're afraid to really kind of put that intro paragraph in a little too early about how mm-hmm. they just dominated the game because if you put it in early and then they start to give up a lead, you have to retype it. But the other side of that is when you are covering these games for brightsideofthesun.com, you're really in tune with all the little intricacies of the game because you're trying to notice as much as you can and communicate that effectively for an article of readers. Uh, so as you watch this game f- through the eyes of DeAndre Ayton, what did you see body language-wise, performance-wise, hustle-wise? Give me your kind of your quick recap here on Ayton Watch of DeAndre Ayton's performance against the Lakers this evening. Well, he was, he kind of went absent for a while. I mean, he started out pretty good, but the one thing that I didn't notice is he was trying to draw fouls and he wasn't getting any calls and he was complaining a lot about that. So I kind of liked that a little bit. Um, I think that the fouls should have been called on those plays and he did not get anything called. Um, I just think maybe he was more distracted trying to do that trying to gain his respect that he wants. So maybe that's something that he was trying to do on the court. Um, overall though, it was kind of a bland game and it's not anything where we're going to go back and forth and be like, Hey, you know, it's a, it's a decent game by him. He doesn't deserve the money. You know, next game he might be 25 and 14. Oh, he needs the money. I'm not going to do that. Go back and forth. Cause this team is so versatile. There's so many players that need the ball. It gets to the point to where if he's just playing decent, he's not screwing up the offense. I'm happy with that. And he's playing defense. Great. Because he played really good defense against Anthony Davis in the fourth where they almost got into tussle, but he yeah. was there every play with him. And that's the stuff that I love to see. So eight points early, of course, nothing really later in the game or nothing at all. And <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's DAs, you know, that's, that's something we have to just think of. And last game, it was like, I was kind of blaming the the players a little bit. Like they're not getting him involved. Aiden was doing what he had to do tonight. He was just kind of went absent in a way, but this defense was fantastic. And we needed that against Davis. That's, that's where you talked about Mikel, you know, putting all that effort in against LeBron. But if, if uh, Aiden is doing that against Anthony Davis, I'll take that. Cause Anthony Davis is their best player. So yeah, spend it all the energy on him. Yeah, no, precisely. I mean, yeah, you look at the box score and you'll be like, oh, eight points. Come on, DA. Four of ten from the field shooting. Come on, DA. What are you doing? Yeah. You're not a max player. <laughs> but 15 boards. And as you oh, mentioned, yeah. his performance on Anthony Davis, who, as I mentioned earlier, was three for 12 entering the fourth quarter. That's because DeAndre Ayton was frustrating him. He was getting under his skin. I mean, they there was a double tech. Uh, and the, the next play after that, DA was super frustrated because they called a ticky tack foul, which they they reviewed. Apparently, mm-hmm. they didn't show it on the national broadcast, but they reviewed yeah. it and they upheld it. Um, but he was definitely focused on defending on that end of the court. And again, he was flustered uh, offensively because he felt he wasn't getting a couple calls. I wasn't a fan of a couple plays where he just was too busy arguing with the ref. Meanwhile, Rajon Rondo, who's like a career 30% shooter from three is hitting wide open threes because they have a five on four on the other end of the court, you know, but at the same time, I mean, Mm -hmm. that is, uh, the, the team was feeding him the ball. As you mentioned, you know, they were trying to get him the ball, trying to get him involved. Uh, he was just having a rough night offensively. The little bunnies weren't falling. The alley-oops weren't falling. Uh, but again, if he's effective defensively, that's what I want from DA. You know, yes. I don't need him to go out there and be uh, a 20 and 10 guy. I'm good with, you know, like 15 and 15 and eight and 15 tonight worked just fine. And again, that's why when you have that conversation about whether or not he's a max player, you can kind of point to that right there. It's like, listen, he is a great player and he should get paid. And maybe it's not a max because that kind of performance on a consistent basis doesn't warrant a max on this team. And that's okay. Uh, and I, again, the more I have thought about it and the more I've heard like kind of the national narratives and, you know, I was listening to the real ones today uh, or maybe it was yesterday, but you know, with Raja Bell and uh, oh, what's the Warriors guy's name on the real ones, Logan Murdoch, uh, you know, they were really talking kind of, kind of about that. You know, they kind of started in heavy on the Suns and Robert Sarver 
and James Jones and saying, you know, like, you got to pay this guy. You don't want to reverse the culture in Phoenix, you know, but then as they talked through it, it was kind of like, well, maybe it is a good business decision. They didn't talk about too long, but I think that not enough people are given that decision uh, enough credit because I think in the long term, it's the right thing to do. Uh, DA solid game. He, he did what we needed to do and the Suns win by 10. So, I mean, that's, that's what you want. So again, we'll see yeah. if he, if he continues to, to develop offensively, right. you know, I think that the more they try to get him involved, the more that, uh, he will be successful, but he's also going against a talented team. I, I think if they try to get him involved as much as they did tonight, tomorrow night against the Portland trailblazers, like he drops 20, like it's nothing. Yeah, and the, the defense, though, is that's worth the max. To me, it is because there's times where in this game, it's like, okay, one more possession, the Lakers might be back in it. And he had DA down there distracting Anthony Davis and then forcing a turnover. Just the way he places himself on the court defensively around these big guys and against the biggest superstars in the NBA, it's remarkable. It's worth that much money because that is the thing that helped the Suns in the playoffs last year and it looked great against tonight. Mm-hmm. No, hundred hundred percent. So, yes, uh, yes, C- correct. Yes, correct. No, no more Freudian flips, uh, slips here. Whoops, whoops. Oops, wrong drop. Sorry about that. <laughs> Terrible. Take a lap. <laughs> I got to take a lap on that one. All right, next thing. All right, so as you folks know, one thing that we're doing new this season is we are actually uh, we have a segment now called Bet on It, in which the morning of a game we go ahead and ask you, the Jamsters, on our Twitter feed, who we should bet on. We put together a two-legged parlay, really simple. Every game we're just going to bet a buck, okay? And these two-legged parlays they're typically about you know, a, a plus 218, 20, I think today's was plus 201. And what mm-hmm. we asked was, okay, Devin Booker points plus the money line. Okay, over 25 and a half, under 25 and a half. And do the Suns win or do the Lakers win? And then we give those four different options, essentially. And the, the Jamsters get to spend our money, all dollar of it. Yeah. And uh, we are now 0 for 2, 0 for 2 on the season because <laughs> the Jamsters... Uh, I don't have the poll in front of me, and I'm a bad podcast host for not having that poll in front of me. But I think it was pretty close. It was uh, like about 50% of the Jamsters said that Devin Booker would score over 25.5 points and the Suns would win. Well, we got one of them right, but Devin Booker ended with 22.5 points. So, you know, unfortunately, we did not make that $2. We are now down. To, yeah, it was 54.2% of Jamsters said over 25.5 points for Devin Booker and a Phoenix win. We're now down $2 on the season, Matthew. Yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, it sucks because you're having all the luck. You're pulling over uh, a curbside or whatever you're doing when you cross <laughs> straight, state line, you know, pulling over, putting the hood up, and you're going to make your bets. And then you put the hood back down and you drive back home. That's a little sketchy, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm I mean, sitting at rest had, stops, if we had that like, kind of trying luck, to get maybe, trying to get my bets in. Yeah. You know, it was just fantastic. You know, running people over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm parked when I do it. I don't bet while I drive. That's just that's just. Oh yeah, bad, so this is Jay. Uh, you said book scored 22 and a half points tonight. So I don't know if that's. Correct. Oh my bad, but he scored 22 points. Uh, he needed four more, and 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 he had the shots. You know, Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did. what do you go eight eight for or nine for nineteen? So man, you hit two more of those book, and we would have won two dollars. So yeah. Oh well, you know. Again, we'll we we thank you. We're still looking for a sponsor for the show. Be <laughs> we'll fun. get it. We'll get it. Keep yeah, I'm throwing it out on there. It, you know, but I, it's it's fun. It's fun to see what eighty two dollars this season because there's eighty two regular season games could have essentially get us. So, uh, you know what? Be better. Be better, Jamsters. Pick the right thing. Not pick with your your head. Not with your heart. Not with okay? your cock. Not with Jam star of the game. All right, Jam. Did we this last last game? Did, did we not? That? Did we not do yeah. a jam, jam star of the no, game? No, we last didn't. Game? We forgot. Yeah, we forgot. Oh wow. Well, that's because we lost. Okay, we won this one. Uh, Jamsters, if you're listening, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you're watching along live, go ahead. Let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is, Matthew. I'll allow you to go first. You have the floor. Who is your gem star of the game? 
I am. Oh, I'm gonna pick uh, Chris Paul. I just think he took over in the third quarter. I love watching him with that uh, the bench unit. You know, he just finds ways to really win with the guys that come in off the bench and uh, just extend the lead the best he can, uh, getting the team into. Uh, you know, um, oh gosh, the other team in a foul trouble. Wow, I'm having a hard yep, time. Yep. Yep, into the bonus. There you go. Getting the team into the bonus in the second quarter was perfect. Uh, what he did in the third, just dropping, you know, these ridiculous shots again from mid-range, nothing but net, looking at the crowd, giving them the uh, the ugly stank face. At that game, I know Mikhail Bridges is just so amazing right now, but I just love what Chris Paul did. I think he really sparked the offense, and it's the reason we really won. It's a, it's a definitely good call, and, you know, again, uh, like the Boogie Trent says, you know, 20,000 points, 10,000 yeah, career go. assists. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he had a hell of a game. Uh, I'll read some of the Jamsters answers out here. You have CP3, you have Mikhail, you have Abdul Nader. A uh, couple votes for Dwight Howard. Another one for CP3, Mikhail and CP3. Austin Reeves, <laughs> the warden. Yeah. Uh, Bridges, Bridges, no doubt. He made LeBron his bitch. Um, let's see. Number 25, baby. Ish Wainwright. Did he get in the game? Did Ish get in the game at the end? No, he so. didn't. He didn't. No. New addition to the Suns, for those who don't know. Um, JaVale, a lot of love for JaVale. Mikhail. Uh, what about that fan that touched Rajon Rondo? I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was a jam star of the game, too. I mean, this it game was going. so weird. I mean, like, literally, like, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, like, the, the, Lakers were trying to fight us. They were fighting each other. They were fighting the fans. The fans were fighting them. Like it was a bad night in in L.A. for anybody in purple and uh, gold or whatever the hell they call that. Yeah, the, I'm pretty sure most of the teams in hiding right now. It was just yeah, it very was very nasty. One. You never know what's going to happen after. So it, it was a bad one. Uh, I give it to Mikhail. As I mentioned earlier, okay. I just really think that his performance tonight showcases his growth. I'm in in incredibly impressed in the first two games that he's put together because he's doing the things that I want him wanted him to do. And I didn't necessarily think he would do them yet. And that is create his own shot to slash more, to be more aggressive on the offensive end, knowing that he has to spend a lot of his energy defensively on certain teams and certain players. And tonight, again, being one of those nights, knowing that he had to body up the big bodies of LeBron of AD, uh, you know, and, and tomorrow night will be interesting because they're playing the Portland Trailblazers and we've seen him take on Dame a little bit at time and doing some different things. So, uh, again, I just overly, overly impressed by Mikhail Bridges and his performance this evening. Yeah, I mean, you can't top that, man. He was ridiculous. So next up for the Phoenix Suns, we have the Suns at the Blazers tomorrow. We're going to get our pick them in here very shortly. It's, again, it's us versus Fan in the Flames. We're both now one-on-one but before i do that sun's jam session podcast is brought to you by just sports enter the code sun's jam at checkout for any of your online orders and receive 15 percent off of your purchase that's right let them know that the sun's jam session guy sent you again that is promo code sun's jam when checking out at shopjustsports.com. so before we put in our pick them officially uh, to try to one-up fanning the flames. And so says Jay's in the chat. So he says, uh, we picked an L tomorrow. No, we didn't. So they picked a dub tomorrow on the second night of a back-to-back. Let's go ahead. Let's let's talk about this game against the, uh, the Portland Trailblazers, Matthew. As you look at Portland so far this season, you know, again, we played them, what, the last... Last game of the preseason, right? That's when we played them. Blew them out. We knew it really didn't count. Uh, they're currently 0-1 on the season. They played their first game on Wednesday. Uh, they lost this to the Sacramento Kings on the road. or I'm sorry, at home. Uh, 124 to 121. So what are your thoughts on the Portland Trailblazers entering this game? I don't know. Well, with Nurk with Nurkic uh, there, it's going to be interesting with him and Aiden. And I feel like even last year, I always went to who was Aiden facing. Let's see that matchup. And tonight, where we're talking about Aiden put up the eight points. So okay, tomorrow night maybe he can put up some more points. Is he going to be more involved? So I'm looking at that, of course, with those matchups. Um, it's just the same Trailblazers team. So I mean, it's the same thing. Like every year we play them, and this year, I mean, the last two years we've been better. 
but honestly, it's just the same thing. And I haven't, I didn't get to watch the last game, so I can't really, I don't have any takes on them really. Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch the last game either. It happened, I believe right as the Suns were playing the Denver nuggets. So I had no, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't care whatsoever, <laughs> you know? And again, I was actually shocked when I found the box score just now and saw that, you know, you had Darren Fox had 27 points and eight assists. Rashawn Holmes went for 21 and 11 against them. Buddy Hield had 17 points off the bench for Sacramento and Harrison Barnes had 36 and nine against the Portland trailblazers for the blazers. Wow. Dame, Dame Lillard had 20 CJ McCollum had 34 and you had 20 from uh, Nurkic. Uh, their bench really didn't perform in this game, it looks like. And again, you know, when you look at Portland and you look at Sacramento and you, both of those teams, they're both teams that I think both have the capacity to be uh, very, very tough outs offensively, but they don't play defense. They don't play defense. And that's where the Suns will beat them tomorrow. We'll be on the defensive end. They're going to fluster them. And if at any point the Suns are down even 15, like it's not over because that team will always let you back in. Matthew, I think as a podcast, we should predict a win for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I'm in it. Uh, Back to back, I don't really care. I think this team is on fire right now. Chris Paul just said after the game, this is the best locker room he's been a part of in his career. So I'm taking that. I'm going to say this is a W. Any point spreads I should be aware of? Anything I need? You know, I need to be like Jay Salito in the... Uh, Chad, he said he won five grand on DraftKings tonight on the game. Um, what? is there any point spread? I need to. What, what do you wow. think? What do you think the Suns win by? Uh, let's go 14. I like it. I think that's a good one. No matter what you said, I, no matter what you said, I was gonna, I was <laughs> no gonna say, what? I like it. I like it. Okay. I like it. And, and shout out to Code JJM, one of our loyal yes, listeners. $20 in the super chat. Again, that that jersey's coming your way, Matthew. We're getting closer and closer to it. So we are. I'm we appreciate it. it. Definitely appreciate it. <laughs> One stitch at a time, baby. So if you hear that, so says Jay, we are also calling the win. So if you guys call the win and we call the win, no matter what, we're going to have a tied record after tomorrow night. Um, Let's see. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I know we're only like 51 minutes into the, the show here. Uh, I don't want to yeah. talk about Ben Simmons anymore. I will <laughs> I will say this. The Los Angeles Lakers have not won a game since the back down in game was yes. two. Yep. A, yep. They have not won a game. And this was the Suns' first win since game two of the NBA finals. So it feels good to be on a podcast because we've been, you know, the last five that actually counted, we we had lost. So the, the losing streak is over. And I'm I'm pleased to say that the Lakers are now 0-2. And they're just they're hanging out, man. They're just hanging out at the bottom of the Pacific Division. And, you know, again, it's it's early in the season. I know this team at some point is going to start to click, but man, it's it feels yeah, so good to beat the Lakers, man. It does, it does. They're hanging out down there, catching crabs, they're just doing whatever they want to do, you know, not hustling back up the court, which is something that we should have just talked about for an hour. This is LeBron doing that again. It's it's the most insane thing I've seen. Since game, what was it? Game, or we went to game five. Since then, when we saw him doing the same thing, then it's like, wow, you're gonna do this again, but you're gonna even wait even longer. So I think that's awesome. I can't. I mean, if if, if you that. want, if you want, I can definitely go on a little LeBron rant. If if you want, I'm all for it. You know, I'm I'm off like the LeBron train right now. So go all right, I'll, I'll give a little LeBron rant. You know, one of the things that I can't stand about LeBron, <laughs> things I can't stand about LeBron by, uh, about LeBron James by John Voida. <laughs> Uh, there was the one play where he got hit in the face, you know, or, or got or got touched in the face trying to draw a foul, and they just didn't call it. And then he went down the, and that that's essentially what <laughs> led to um, him hanging out on the other side of the court, you know, like I'm hurt, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. Oh, nobody cares. I'll run and I'll go make an amazing block or something. You know, it's just like, he yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and here's the funniest moment of the night: watching the game, watching it with my wife. LeBron James tries tries to take a charge off Abdul Nader. Abdul Nader moves out of the way correctly. LeBron leans into him and then flies across the baseline and then is frustrated that there's no call. Yeah. And even my wife is like, what's he doing? Like he tried to he tried to get in that guy's way. <laughs> and, and that's when I tweeted out MJ way better than LeBron. Yeah, like, I, I saw a lot MJ of MJ never did that kind of shit. And I don't no. care. And my favorite moment about tonight, my other favorite moment, mm-hmm. is LeBron James standing there. And he's got this purple jersey on, and it's got this little MJ logo on it. And it's just like, mm-hmm. you know what, LeBron? 
you will never be MJ. You are wearing a jersey that has his logo on it because he's, he's that dominating. He's you. that revolutionary. Take it's like that, LeBron. It's like that. when your dog when your dog sits on your lap, he's dominating you. He's the, dominating the little Jordan you. logo on your chest. He's dominating <laughs> you, LeBron. And honestly, the one thing that LeBron you would think he would just learn is just stop being that way. But I mean, it's it's just well, the way he, he is. It's kind of like so when. Everyone kept telling Trump to stop tweeting and being a horrible person. Never did. He stopped stop being it. a baby, LeBron, and he just never will. Well, like he's so physically <laughs> dominant that he doesn't need to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I just I hate I just hate watching that stuff because I do respect LeBron James, but when you start to see those things, when he's like six foot nine, two hundred and eighty pounds, and he's flying across the court like that, like I have no respect for that, man. I have no, no. respect for that. Just whatsoever. gave up on his team tonight. He gave up on them. He, Typical it's his LeBron. own little individual game tonight, and nothing was going his ways but the three, and he gives up on him. So look forward to that the rest of the year, dude. And Malik Monk honestly looked really good. Play him some yeah. more, Lakers. Well, it's interesting when you have like Kent Bazemore starting for the team, and you know they they have a ton yeah, of injuries. You know, K- Kendrick yeah. Nunn is out. You know, obviously uh, oh, Trevor no. Brokass Ariz is out. Uh, Taylor Horton, Th- T- Taylor Horton Tucker was out. So, I mean, they definitely have their fair share of injuries and we know that's going to occur kind of throughout the majority of the season for that team. Yeah. But I just, it's going to be a challenge for that team to find. And, and I said it earlier, like they will at some point start clicking, but it's going to be hard because LeBron, I mean, again, they were showing each other up on the court. LeBron rolling his eyes and throwing his hands up doing that, that kind of spoiled brat kind of shit. That just really doesn't do anything to help the team. He he wants the team to fall in line and do as he says, not as he does. Because imagine if somebody else on the team did that. Imagine if, like you said, Malik Monk just gives up on a play and he's standing in the back. Dude, LeBron would be knee-deep in his ass. And I get the reputation yeah. part of it. And I get, you know, respect who I am and things of that nature. But again, as we mentioned earlier, like you have to earn that respect all day, every day. And when LeBron does that type of shit. It, all it does is fortify my point of view of him as a player in overall. Cause he's, and, and I've said this before, like I commend LeBron James for who he is in the time that he's grown up in with the entire world watching him and the way that he's done, done it. I mean, he, he, he's a class human being. He really is. He's a good human being and he's done a lot of good. And he's, you know, there's so many guys who just fuck up with that spotlight on them. And he's not that guy. But when you watch him play sometimes, man, he just fortifies the fact that I just I he, he's not even in the conversation of the great one to me. Like Kareem Abdul Jabbar yeah. is better than him. Facts. Same. Yeah, and Coda Kid says Davis is a big ass crybaby too, and that is he true. Is. There what did I what did I tweet the other day? I'm like uh, uh, Anthony Davis spends more time on the ground than cigarette butts at a Walmart. Yeah. No, it's so true, and the Suns are so equal. Like they they treat each other the same. You know, you even saw tonight Jay Crowder and Chris Paul. It's not even anything big, just like shouting at each other, a little bit of here and there coming down the court. Like what the what the hell are you doing over there? Like yeah. give me the ball. Like stuff, little things. Yeah, it's like but things that's... that they can do to each other because they treat each other as equals. That's why well, it's the best locker room in the league. And, right? and conversely, you have the the Lakers who are constantly going at each other and nitpicking each other. And that's why, you know, appreciate what you're watching, Phoenix fans. Appreciate it. Yeah. This is team ball at its finest. When there's accountability occurring, it isn't, you know, one guy pushing the other guy over on the bench. It's a coaching conversation. And although it might appear aggressive, it's it's being done in good taste. Uh, loyal listener Dave King's in the chat. He says, Lakers fans <laughs> all summer. If only LeBron loyal and AD were, he- were healthy. Lakers fans tonight. Okay, but only if Kendrick Nunn and Trevor Ariza were healthy. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what it was like yeah. on Twitter. It's like, yeah, but we're not a full strength. You guys, yeah. and it's like, there's always excuses. And hey, it's just, LeBron it's just looks like, thin. LeBron looks like he's in shape. He looks younger too, so no excuses. Yeah, well, but it's just like whenever you try to get any kind of, I wouldn't say argument, but whenever you disagree with a Lakers fan, and I noticed this the other day, a Patriots fan, whenever you start to get mm-hmm. an argument with them, it's like you make a point, they make a point, you have a counterpoint that's valid, and then they just go, well, how many rings do you have? You know, like that's where all those Patriots fans who have been nothing but successful under Tom Brady's toolage for the past 20 years are experiencing a shitty football team right now. And if any Cardinals fan says anything to them, because because they'll talk some shit. We're, we're like, yeah, we're 7-0, baby. We're, we're, we're 6-0. We're about to be 7-0 uh, playing the Texans tomorrow, uh, what, on Sunday. But it's like, 
we're like, hey, we're six and zero, oh, dude. Like, we're enjoying this. Like, yeah. How many rings do you have? It's like, okay, like exactly. You know, it's oh, like, and we- some of them might get hurt. Like, they're worried about Kyler Murray getting hurt. It's like, I hate that thing. It's like when Chris Paul is going to be was signed here. It's like, well, he he's injury prone. He's old. He might get hurt. It's like, why are you worrying about that? Just enjoy <laughs> this. Enjoy a really great player on your team. Yes. Don't worry about the injuries because look at Anthony Davis. Look at all these players in the NBA. They can get hurt at any second. So, amen. Don't worry about that stuff. Amen. Hundred and ten percent. Thank you. Uh, again, loyal listener Dave King says. says for more of his hot takes, watch the solar panel tomorrow morning. Yes, Can't ladies wait. and gentlemen, 8 a.m. You can watch the solar panel. Make sure you check popcorn. it out. Subscribe, rate, and review while you're there. You have both Dave and Zona Sports do a fantastic job. Uh, on that note, we're going to go ahead and call this one a night. You know that we'll be right back here tomorrow night talking about the Suns and the Blazers. Hopefully my camera is fixed by then, a.k.a. I take my gambling money and I go buy a new one because I had to, I had to hawk my camera to buy Sell this it, one. <laughs> you sold your camera for a gambling one. It's so funny, man. Like I, I send my brother a, 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 a screen cap of my wins tonight and he just... I've lost all my money. I'm like, dude. Yeah. One eight hundred next step, dude. Hit it up. So <sighs> yeah. Um, but on that note, reminder, ladies and gentlemen, to please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening to this podcast. We truly appreciate it. If you leave a five star review on uh, Apple Podcasts, we'll read it live right here on the show. And if you are watching the show live along on YouTube, or if you're watching the show later on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. Let everybody know we're the best post game podcast on planet Orange is. Uh, I'll see you hopefully tomorrow, and maybe you'll see me. Well, I hope so, John. And honestly, if you ever want to spend time or waste some time in a pod, go on a LeBron James rant that last 10 minutes. So that was perfect, honestly. <laughs> and uh, I won't go home and love your family. Amen. I'll see you tomorrow at the Arizona Mills tomorrow. Are you going? Yeah. Nice. Why not? I'm in town, dude. Hell hey, yeah. Jancers, to... Join us at Mills tomorrow. We'll be at Arizona Mills. We'll try there. not to get stabbed. Go home and try to get oh, stabbed by your family. Geez.